Hello and welcome to Fearlessly Freelance, the podcast for freelance women who want to unlock freedom in life and in business, build their confidence and create a purposeful and rewarding career. I'm your host, Seals Lockley, former freelancer turned agency owner and business mentor. Having spent over a decade riding the freelance roller coaster myself, I know just how much this journey can challenge you, which is why I'm here to help and inspire you to run your business with confidence on your own terms and most importantly, in a way that feels good for you. Hello, hello. So before I start, I would like to apologise if you can hear any light snoring in the background because the dog has decided to come into my office, make herself very snuggly and at home and is currently fast asleep. So hopefully that doesn't get through to the mic. But if it does, that's why I haven't just got some strange background snoring noises going on. Okay, so in today's episode, we're talking about your freelance game plan. Yes, this is as exciting as it sounds, because do you know what? I thought, where should we start on this podcast? We should start right at the beginning. But I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about a massive list of stuff that you need to do practically in detail to get started as a freelancer, because, hey, there are so many resources out there that can do that for you. But what there isn't, I don't think, is a great deal of strategy. So this freelance game plan episode is all about giving you a little bit of strategy to get your freelance business up and running. If you're already in business, this will give you a bit of a refresher about the areas that you need to focus on. And you can use this game plan for the next two to three years, potentially, as you're building your business. So Do you know what? I just want to start off by saying I'm not here to give you a blueprint that is exactly what you should do, like to the letter, obviously, depending on the kind of business you're running. Some of this you might want to switch around, but this is a game plan that's going to help you get through the steps that's needed to be able to build a business that succeeds. Because I've done this multiple times. I have worked with clients who have done this multiple times and it works. This is the process. This is what will help you get closer to achieving your goals and actually making a success of your freelance business. Whether you're running a side hustle or you're full time, you know what you're going to need a strategy. And, you know, a lot of freelancers go out there and just don't really have one. And that's fine for a while. But at some point it is going to bite you in the bum. So you do need to have this in place in order to move forward with intention and to really feel purposeful. And you know what, when you don't have a strategy, what happens is the self-doubt starts to creep in and it can be really debilitating. And it's difficult to grow when you don't have a plan, but also it's difficult to grow when you don't know what the next steps are. So this game plan is a way for you to get inside a process which is going to give you some structure. Okay, before we start on the game plan, I want to set some rules because, hey, this kind of stuff, you know what? It's not for the faint-hearted. This isn't like we're going for a walk in the park and this is going to be really easy. I'm here to tell you that freelancing is not easy. And anyone who glamorizes it to the point where it just sounds like this freaking amazing, you know, sexy lifestyle with loads of lunch breaks, long lunch breaks and early finishes, it's just not, it's not reality. And if somebody has got that lifestyle, they're probably getting income from somewhere else. It's not always like that. 
And I think that there's a lot of glamorization of freelancing because it can create flexibility in where you work and how you live your life. But actually, a lot of the time, freelancing is a fucking hard, long road of absolutely awful ups and downs, highs and lows, self-doubt, mindset struggles, clients treating you badly, having awful failures. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. All this stuff happens. It will happen. So I want you to make sure that you're going into this, this whole freelance game with your eyes open. It's not going to be easy. You're going to hate it at times and you're going to want to give up and go back to your nine to five and all that security and ease when you actually know deep down it wasn't easy. And security is just a state of mind anyway, because no job is guaranteed. So why not create your own job for yourself and create success on your terms? Okay, so your rules are as follows. First of all, thou shalt not faff. When you are freelancing, when you're running your own business, it's very, very easy to faff about with everything. I'm just going to quickly change the name of that. Oh, I'm just going to faff about with this. I'm just going to piss about on Instagram for three days. These are things that we will do when we are procrastinating, when we're not getting on with the big work. So try and focus on the deep work, not the faff work. So promise me that when you are working on your business, that you are working on things that are really going to move you forward. So avoid things where you are just kind of perfectionizing or perhaps you know, overthinking something. It's it's not a great way to spend your time. If you want to get advice on anything that maybe you're, if you feel like you're overthinking something, you probably are. But if you need somebody to check you in on that, then post in our Facebook community and we will call you out on that because we all do it. I do it all the time. And I'm constantly saying to my accountability partners, you know, hey, am I overthinking this? And they're like, yeah, you're perfectionizing it again. Stop, stop, stop. So don't do it. Also, thou shall work on my mindset. I will say this again and again and again throughout all of the work that I do. But if you do not work on your mindset, babe, your business is not going to work. Okay. So the mindset stuff is absolutely, it's more important than skills. It's more important than you having a qualification or doing a course. Just have a brilliant mindset and you will get much further along than if you didn't put that work in to work on that mindset stuff. So before you go into doing your, you know, big game plan, before you get really strategic in your business, I want you to remember that the mindset is a big part of this as well. You can do all this work, but if you don't have a great mindset about it, it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to pull it off. Um, So just have that in the back of your mind as well. Finally, thou shall not be distracted by shiny objects. Oh, goodness me. This is a bit similar to the faff, but actually this is about you focusing on the big picture, focusing on the strategy, the mission you're on. So don't start doing something and then change everything because you just feel like it because you saw somebody else doing something like that and you thought, well, I'm just going to change everything I'm doing because she must be doing something right because she's doing it like that and she's getting success. Whoever they are, that's great for them, but you're not them. So don't get distracted by what other people are doing. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't copy what other people are doing or use their blueprints because you are unique. Your message, your skills, your mindset, all of that has to be completely bulletproof and it has to be yours and original to you. 
And if it's not, then it's not going to work because you're not going to be actually selling from a place of authenticity. You're not going to be working from a place of authenticity. And ultimately, you're going to just end up not really aligning to what you're doing. And I have done this in the past. I'm holding my hands up to you right now. I have tried to emulate others and it doesn't work. You have to do the work to discover what is authentically you. Forget what everyone else is doing. Forget the shiny things like, oh, I need this course or I need this. I need this magic bullet that's going to help me get ahead in business. Like, yes, like take a course or join a program, but only do it if it feels truly aligned to your purpose. If it's just another way for you to procrastinate for six months, then I wouldn't do it. Okay, so you've got your rules in place and you're going to promise me that you're not going to get distracted, you're not going to faff and you're not going to forget about your mindset. Then let's go into the game plan. Are you ready? All right, so game plan. Your first priority as a freelancer is to identify your ideal client. Forget about what colour your invoice header is for a minute. Let's focus on the big work. The big work is that we need to know who on earth we're going to be sending those invoices to in the first place. Who are they? And please don't focus on how old they are, what sex they are, where they live. We don't care about that stuff. What we need to know is what do they need from you? What are their struggles and desires? What are they really hoping and dreaming for in their business, but they cannot solve themselves? What can you do to solve their problems? And why are they your ideal client in the first place? Because we can imagine any one type of client for ourselves, but think about why they are ideal client. Is it the way that they live their life? Is it the kind of ethics they have? Is it the way that they dress or the clothes that they buy or the way that they talk or the way that they put themselves out there? These can be quite intricate details, but they will build a picture of your ideal client. And when you've built that persona and you know who that person is, oh, it's so much easier to sell your services and to sell what you're doing. So how do we actually know how to even identify who this person is and what they need? Well, babe, you need to do some market research. Market research is the most important step in understanding your ideal client. And if you don't do market research already or you haven't even thought about it, here are a few pointers. Market research can be done so easily you can get on Instagram and you can ask people questions. Hey, in stories, it's really easy. Pop up a question box, ask your audience questions, send people a DM, get their consent. Don't just spam them with your market research, but send them a DM and say, hey, I would love to ask you a couple of questions about your business. Do you mind if I send them over to you? And they'll probably be like, great, because most people love talking about themselves. And also they will tell you things that you did not know about them. And you can use that say as your sales language. This is the brilliant thing about market research. If you are able to, you could also offer them a free short introductory call to chat about your services and that can be a really great way to get market research. So you can actually take the language from that call and turn it into your sales copy. You could also use that call as an inspiration to build out a service or a product. So before you go anywhere near creating an offer, I want you to get so clear on your ideal client. Once you know this, then you'll be much, much better equipped to go ahead and create the next step, number two, which is your signature offer. 
Now, I call it a signature offer because a lot of freelancers throw up all the services all over their websites. Hey, I do paid social. I do digital marketing. I do copywriting. I do SEO. I do website design. I do branding. I do logos. And I also, yeah, stop, 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 stop. Like, no, we, we don't, we don't need to do all that. The reason why, babe, is because you're not an agency. Okay. You're not a full service agency. Repeat after me. I'm not a full service freelancer. It is not good for my soul. And it's confusing. This is the main thing. If you're constantly trying to sell eight different services, babe, then that's going to be really difficult because you're never actually going to be known for one thing. So think about the service that you most like delivering and also the service that's going to make you the money. If it's not going to make you money and it's not fun, then why the fuck are you doing it? So too many offers will attract Mm, the wrong people. When you have loads of offers, it just, it really does just attract the dick clients. I'm sorry. It really does. And it's not, that is not where we want to be. So don't, don't go there. Like it will happen. I can guarantee everyone who's offering like eight services is probably attracting the wrong kind of clients because they're just like, well, this person does everything. They're probably really cheap. So just get known for one thing that you are absolutely lovingly, brilliantly skilled at and that you can do standing on your head. And if you can't choose one, then please just choose two. Just get known for a very tight, small amount of stuff. When we don't overcomplicate our services, another magical thing happens. And that is a brilliant result in our minds, which is clarity. Clarity is a great feeling. It's great to know what you're all about. It's great to understand exactly what you're going to say to somebody when they say, hey, so what is it that you do? You can actually say, "Mm, do you know what? Actually, this is specifically what I do. And then once you have your signature offer, it's going to be so much easier to put that into a sales page to tell people what you're about and what you want to get known for. So really, really put the work in to figure out what that signature offer is. Get known for one thing. Don't overcomplicate it. And if you can't choose one, okay, you can have two. All right, next on the game plan. Once you have a really good idea who your ideal client is and the offer that you're going to put together to address all of their struggles and desires, because, hey, you might love your offer, but if it doesn't address what they need, Go back to the drawing board. It has to make sense for them. So we then move on to marketing. You're allowed to do marketing once you know what you're talking about. Before then, well, it's basically just hot air. And I see this all the time. There are so many people just throwing hot air out into the social space. And when hot air, I mean, here's a picture of my coffee cup have a lovely day, that kind of post. I call it your cute morning thought. Your cute morning thought, babe, it's just not enough of a content strategy. And here's why. Because if you are not talking about what you do, if you're not building authority, if you're not building your brand and your message in your content, then you are not running a business. You are simply, well, we go back to faffing. We're faffing about. And that's fine. Look, I'm going to give you a faffing period. You're allowed to have a grace period of faffing to just get into this game to learn what you need to do. But please don't faff for more than a few months because it will start to drive you nuts. You need the clarity. So when you start marketing yourself, what do you need exactly within that marketing pillar? Well, first of all, if you're already a marketer, you'll know exactly what you need. But I'm going to remind you guys who maybe aren't marketing specialists. First of all, you're going to need a content strategy. And by this, I mean, you need to have a really clear idea 
of what you're going to be putting out into your online spaces, whether it is on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, blogs, podcasts, whatever you're doing to market your business, the content has to speak to your ideal client. And it has to be curated in a way that makes them feel something that you want them to feel. So if you want to inspire people to work with you, you have to create inspirational content. If you want people to trust you, you have to create content that creates trust. If you want them to buy from you, you have to create content that sells your wares. If you're not doing those things and don't expect those things to happen. Your marketing also has to take into account a degree of sales tracking. So if you are marketing yourself, you also need to do the other side of it, which is to actually say, okay, how effective is this being? Are you actually measuring it? And if you are doing it right, then you will start to create a flow of leads. And then you can put those leads into your sales pipeline and you can start to track them. This doesn't have to be anything fancy. I use a project management tool for my pipeline, for my sales dashboard, but you don't have to. It does not have to be anything more than a simple list that you pretty much check in on and just keep track of who is engaging with you, who's interested in working with you, who has joined your email list, who has maybe DM'd you on Instagram. Make sure you're nurturing them because there's no point creating content and then just letting it all just sit there because the whole point is that we're trying to create leads from our content. So we need to track our leads and nurture them as well. Number four on our game plan. So let's just have a little bit of a check-in. We've got our ideal client. We know what they want. We know what they need. We know what they want to buy from us because we've created a signature offer that is absolutely amazing. And we are very clear about what we want to be known for. Now we also have some really core content in place. We're putting out a good steady flow of consistent content. We've got a few leads coming in and we're just starting to get to the point where everything makes sense. Now you're going to need, oh yeah, you're going to need some systems in place because it's all going to start getting a bit hectic otherwise. Think about the process of a client coming to you. What do they need from you? And how can you create systems that are going to support that process? So when they're buying from you, what's that process look like? Do you send them a onboarding document, a welcome pack? Do you put them into some kind of CRM where you track, you know, them as a customer? Do you have a pitch document or do you have some kind of proposal template that you use for, for clients or do you just keep it really simple and just do a call and send them a scope of work and an email? It doesn't have to be fancy in the early stages, but these are all things to think about. Again, when you're offboarding your clients, you know, what happens? Do you ask for a testimonial? Do you, you know, ask them to let you know if anybody they know needs help with a project that you've similarly just delivered for them. So think about how you can also get more work from your existing clients. You know, can you upsell to them? Can you sell them something else? Don't just wave them off and see them later. Another kind of system thing to think about in these early stages in our game plan is how you're going to manage all your projects. Because if you're a freelancer, you'll be juggling multiple projects and you need a good tool for that. A really good free tool is called Trello. You probably know of it. There's also one called ClickUp, which I'm a massive fan of. There are others. Asana is another one. And so you can start to create some structure around what you're producing as a freelancer in terms of processes, in terms of the way that you like to do things. And you'll probably be emulating some of the processes and systems that you used in your previous job as well. 
So it's a really good way to kind of capture them digitally and make them potentially scalable. And what I mean by that is that one day somebody's going to come in and help you with that work. One day, way off in the future, when you're ready to hire someone, they will come in maybe and assist you with that job. So it's good to know how that job is done. Future proof your processes. All right. So now we've got an amazing system in place. We've got a good grounding of uh, of processes and tools to support how you run your business. You're going to need some sexy stuff too. So number five is all about branding. Now, branding is a bit of a confusing topic. I mean, I'm a brand strategist. I'm a brand designer. I've done a lot of brand work with clients and it still baffles a lot of people. So I want to explain this one really clearly. So as a freelancer, you do not need a really expensive logo brand, like full brand strategy. You just don't need that in the in the beginning stages. But what you do need is an identity that is going to help you stand out from the crowd. So even if you can't afford to pay somebody to do your branding, think about what feeling you want to create with your brand, what kind of style you want to emulate in terms of if you like a certain vibe and your ideal clients are that vibe, if that makes sense. So you're matching your branding to your ideal client because there's no point creating branding that just you like. You know, just because you love the color yellow, if your clients don't like the color yellow, then don't do it. So think about what they will warm to, what they will be inspired by and use that as a basis for your brand design. And you only need in the initial stages, perhaps a logo, a little colour palette and maybe some templates. And of course, we now have brilliant tools like Canva where you can create really slick templates for things like social media, for your documents, for your pitch proposals, all that stuff really, really easily. So there's absolutely no reason why you can't just create a little bit of an elevated feel to what you're producing. And if you know what, if you're not a natural with all this stuff, if design and copywriting and putting together templates fills you with horror, then I would suggest finding someone who can help you because it's well worth investing in that kind of stuff because it is going to affect how your ideal clients see you when you interact with them. So we've got a brand identity, you know, maybe you've got your logo sorted, you kind of know that it's in line with what your ideal clients want to see. What do we need next? So think about what you can do to create uniqueness within your freelance message. So maybe you've started to think about the the kind of feelings and the style of your business. Try and think about some words or phrases and again outsource this if it's not your if it's not your forte. Um some words or phrases that you can use on repeat. And the reason we need to do this is because we need to become known for those things. So for example, give you an example here. The fearlessly freelance strapline, if you like, is where women help and hype each other. Okay. And that's just a really, really simple phrase. But I say that phrase all the time. And so by saying that phrase, I am reinforcing the fact that that is what we stand for. And because I repeat it often, it will start to become something that you know exactly off the top of your head, like any other big brand tagline, just do it, 
for example, that will just roll off your tongue because you know that brand, because you know what uh, they're all about. And so you can do this too, even as a freelancer. And it's a really healthy and good thing to do in order to help you stand out from the crowd, because that's what we're here for as well. We're here to help you with those little tactics and tools that are going to help you not just be like every other freelancer in the sea, because there's so many and they're all doing the same thing. And so our philosophy is to help you kind of create ways that you can really stand out and be seen. Okay, so we've got our branding. We're looking good. We know exactly who we're selling to. We're going to attract them in because we have a really great offer and we've got the marketing and systems to support it. What's next in your game plan? I want you to make a really special effort to collect testimonials and social proof. Because if you don't have these, then what you're doing is you're underselling yourself. Because the work you're doing is fantastic and it's brilliant and your clients probably love it. But if you're not actually getting an example of their experience out into the world, then you're not going to be able to convince anyone else of what you do, or at least it's going to be 10 times harder. We call it social proof. It's effectively either a message or a video, you know, text or a video that you can place within your marketing materials, within say a social post or on your website, or even on stories or on a YouTube video that tells people about an experience that a previous client has had. And this will really add credibility to your work. So make sure in your offboarding process that you're collecting testimonials and that you are using the offboarding process to build your testimonial library as much as you can, as often as you can. All right. So we have one more on the game plan and I've kept this quite, you know what, I've kept this game plan short. There's loads of other steps, but I really don't want to overwhelm you because there's a lot here. When I say this game plan is good for you for the next two years, I mean it. This stuff takes time. It takes time to tweak. So you might start at one and end up at three and then go back again. That's okay. Let's go to the final one and then I'll talk you through kind of a summary of how to approach. So the final one is that you need to occasionally think about not just your signature offer, but starting to add other offers. So occasionally you'll want to check in and see what offers are working and what aren't and tweak from there because your offer will evolve. Your clients will evolve. You will evolve. So whilst it's really important to be consistent with your signature offer for as long as you can, so that's what you get known for, you can also tweak it slightly when you've got a little bit of experience under your belt. Don't keep tweaking it as you're building it and building the clients that you want to sell to it because it will be confusing. Wait until you've sold it 10 times and then tweak it. But it's important to think about what other offers perhaps you can start to upsell into existing clients so that you can grow those services out. And I guess the summary of this final step in the game plan is what is the client experience with you? Because it's not just one service. The idea is as a freelancer that we create and everybody wants this, that we create retainer clients. We create clients who stay with us, who want us on a regular basis. That is the ultimate goal, because what does that mean? 
it means we have a regular income. So if you want to create that kind of relationship where somebody has a retainer with you, you need to create a suite of services that represent an experience, not just a one-off experience, but an experience that you can take them from start to finish, but also over a length of time. So the lifespan of the services you provide may be longer than just a one-off. If it is just a one-off, that's fine. But a lot of you will be providing services that help businesses over a longer period. So let's take the example of a designer. If you're a brand designer, you're going to be helping businesses with strategy. So that's the kind of step one. So strategy, discovery, creating a vision, a mission, values, And then you're going to be taking them into another step of the journey, which is, of course, design and coming up with an identity. Then you might be taking them into another step. And this might be over several months, probably, you know, could potentially take a long, long time. You might be taking them into doing some voice work, maybe outsource that. But thinking about those different steps to get that design actually activated. So is there a tone of voice? What is there a website design? Is there social media design? Is there collateral that needs designing. And then finally, the actual deliverable design work itself. And what does that look like and putting that out into the world? And then once you've done all of that, you may still want to maintain a relationship with that client, which goes beyond that initial delivery plan. So it might be that you have upsold some ongoing design work, maybe some monthly design resource that they can check in on and use for their business for different things. Or it might be that you've sold them into another project entirely. Perhaps it's a sales brochure or perhaps it's a a complete website redesign. So always think about how you can take your offers into a service suite. You know, eventually that's that's what you're aiming for. But don't do that first because that will confuse you. That will be too much. Just focus on that one signature offer to get going and then you can start building out that service suite as time goes by. And you know what you will know from the clients you work with when that suite starts to evolve because it will just naturally start to kind of come into place and you'll see those different elements all aligning. So for example, maybe you've done a project with a client, you've sold in something else and then three projects down the line, you know, oh yes, this is my, this is my process. This, it becomes more of a signature process than a signature offer. All right. Freelance game plan. There you have it. Probably lots of other steps as well in there, but I'm trying to keep this really top line for you today so I don't confuse you all because there are so many elements to building a freelance business. And one of the most important things to do is to not let yourself get caught up in too much of the detail. So let's do a summary on what you need to focus on. First of all, remember the rules. No faffing. No distracted by the shiny objects and make sure you work on your mindset at all times. Your game plan is as follows. Number one, find out and create and define who your ideal client is, what they need from you, what their struggles are, what desires they have. Do your market research. Number two, develop your signature offer. Remember, too many offers will attract the wrong kind of clients. You just want to be known for one thing. So don't overcomplicate your services. Number three, marketing. Get a really good content strategy in place. Make sure you're tracking your leads 
and create a sales dashboard so you can track everyone coming through from your marketing so you can track results. Number four, get your systems in place. Make sure you have really strong onboarding processes, offboarding processes. Give yourself time to develop different processes that work for you. Make sure you have a pitch document in place or a process that supports pitching and also project management tools to make your life easier and help you track different projects as you juggle them with different clients. Number five, branding. Go for some branding that is going to represent what your ideal client needs from you. That creates a feeling that you want to create with your ideal client. Match the aspiration that they need from you. Invest in some design when you can afford it, but make sure you don't overthink it and keep it simple. Craft your brand message and repeat, repeat, repeat. Number six, collect testimonials and social proof. Build out the credibility that will tell other people that working with you is a great experience. And finally, number seven, develop your offer suite, but only when you have gone through the process of understanding what your ideal client needs from you and you have upsold and proven that those offers are what they need. This is an organic process and it can take many, many months of trial and error. All right, there you have it, my loves. This is your game plan. Like I say, There are so many other layers to this, but I hope this just gives you a really top line strategy that you can use to get your teeth into your freelance business. I'm excited to see what you're going to do with your freelance business because I know that you have all the skills and all the ability to be a success. Now you've just got to believe it. Like I say, don't forget about that mindset stuff. It's really important. Okay, until next time, I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Now, if you want to get much more from the Fearlessly Freelance community, then this is your VIP invitation to come and join our Hype Squad. You can find us at Fearlessly Freelance on Instagram or if you're a freelance woman in search of a women-only safe space to hang out, come and join us in the Fearlessly Freelance community on Facebook. And in here, you can make friends, ask for help and get access to free resources, advice, trainings and events. Thanks so much for being here and I'll see you soon.